Synthaholics. story traditionally with parmesan cheese little tomato some manwich suspenders oh all the suspenders wax mustache how big is this saddle gonna be (laughs) big enough for two people you and me buddy oh yeah Here we go. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and Dave Duncan. Dave, how you doing? Man, riding the worm chafes. <laughs> so, Dave, we are on chapter 40 and 41 of Dune. We are rapidly coming to a close on our Dune book review. Rapidly. Rapidly, yeah, it's 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 crazy because it doesn't feel like it's coming to an end yet. I'm I'm I mean even further. Fast ahead. as Paul Atreides is riding a sandworm, our direction. Ooh, those things go fast by all accounts. Apparently, I, I, apparently, yeah. I guess they're so big. It would be the, the fastest hard, hard mode of travel on Arrakis. That's a, that's a big steed you got there. Oh yeah. So it's um, hung like a worm. <laughs> So, Dave, we start off, we're on chapter 40 here, and uh, Paul ate a lot of spice. (laughs) And uh, instead of indigestion, he is, like, back and forth through time. He's sometimes getting confused, the future with the past and the present. Mom, why do you look like Chani? Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of things like, uh, and it's funny because Frank Herbert is basically plotting out his next book in this chapter with some of the characters. Yeah. Uh, so so he talks about Leto II, his son uh, that Chani has, and then he's like, oh, is that yet to happen? Did that even happen yet? Is my son a worm uh, yet? Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> and then he says, he talks about his sister, Aliyah, the strange one. And uh, how they're uh, they move south during this whole thing because they move their whole siege, their tribe. They move south, and uh, he's just going back and forth in his head and all the things that like it's like it's just a big scrambled mess. We move south in the winter time to escape the extreme cold of the desert heat. They're snowbirds. Yes. Um, Florida so time. Whole, Florida time. Um, at some point, he says uh, he he's thinking about Chani about that he's thinking about a time when she killed uh, some guy who came to challenge uh, Paul, and because Paul's the big Muadib, you know, the guy, and the uh, big mouse, she, you know, hung like a she, mouse. She, she kills him, and she goes uh, basically said, um, 
I, I figured if I kill him, then the less people will show up to try to challenge you because they're like, oh, his woman will just show up and kill you. I kill and I kill you instead. You won't even get the chance to fight more deep. His, his his woman his woman will just kill you right off the bat. So, um, hey, you know, not not a bad wife to have. Man, assassination wife. Man, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Ask your wife if she'll kill for you. <laughs> um, Anyone who challenges my, my man, I kill you. I I know my wife won't kill for me. She probably just kill me. So that's probably <laughs> how it goes. That's I mean, close, that's right? So isn't, that, isn't that going so on? many years of marriage? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So many years of marriage, she'll just be like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll kill you instead. Um, so. So Paul's kind of then he's he's coming out of it like and then he realizes he's in his still tent with Chani and uh, they both wake up and they start putting their suits on and uh, Paul then remembers he's there to for the first time mount a worm. Ooh, that's his job. Yeah, it's his job. So. Uh, this is serious business for the Fremen. You don't just you you can't be part of the Fremen tribe and a man part of the Fremen tribe and not mount a worm. So this is like thing. Mo- I guess most do it at twelve, and he's now eighteen years old. It's yes. been it's, it's been a couple of years since we yeah. So it's been some years. So now he's he he's well past the age. So um, him and Chani had do have a little banter back and forth about. She's trying to take his mind off him. Tell me of your home, uh, the, the, your your home waters or the waters that back in your home. Um, and, and he's. Do you, you guys know, not like, pee here? <laughs> no, we pee our pants and then we drink it. They've never seen their own piss because they just piss into their suits. I wonder if Frank Herbert just like basically. I want to invent pants you pee in and then you can drink that pee. <laughs> that was his. That was his thought. Um, it was his life's work, and it never came to pass. Someday. Someday it will. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, she's trying to, like, she knows he's nervous. Because, you know, it's like one of those things where um, he know he, I guess he's done it with somebody before. Like, he's, he's mounted a worm with somebody, but he's never done it by himself. He was yet. riding in the backseat of a motorcycle. Yeah, he's like, yeah, right. So, um, and then they get in a whole talk about his sister... Aaliyah and that people are think that she's weird and and he's like she's like let's not talk about this she's you know? only so, like two and a half years old and like and she speaks as like the a wisdom of, an old, of like tw- like twelve grandmothers um, <laughs> she talks about so, her period even though she's still like many years away from having it <laughs> uh, yeah so she uh, so so they're going back and forth so then uh, we get uh, Stilgar shows up. And Chani has to vamoose, and Stilgar is basically like, and he talks very formally with Paul, like using some old jargon from the Fremen. But then he kind of leans in and says, like, just remember, don't get too crazy. You know, do, don't do anything rash. Just take your, you know, just all you got to do is do what I've shown you and what you've done before, uh, like seen other people do, and just get on the worm, and that's all you have to do. Don't do anything nuts. Just you know, so uh, he gives them a, com- a couple tips, technique-wise, on how to do it. Basically, use your cloak, make yourself look like a sand dune, so the worm doesn't go after you, and then you—that's when you just jump onto the worm, 
when he gets by you. So give it some worm um, hooks, hookworms. Oh yeah, it's like you hook the worm instead of the worm hooking you. So uh, he says uh, you have to get the hooks. Yeah, and the, the, one of the the fremen named Shishakali. 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 I don't even know how to say Shackley. Shackley. Is it Shackley? I don't think it's Shackley. Shishakli. Anyways, it's a weird name. Uh, Has hooks. And he was like, when he goes to this Fremen, Shishakli, basically, it says, like, these are my hooks. They're good hooks. Paul's like, I'll take those. Thank you. I'm the best hooker that ever was. And Paul uh, has a thumper that was given to him uh, by Stilgar. And he says, it's really good thumper. It's it's gonna do good for you. So, and then he sees that the worm is heading his direction, and then we just kind of like we don't we don't get to resolve that. Just that a worm is coming his direction, and then we get to the next chapter, chapter forty one, and this has to do with mostly Jessica, but Jessica's got her mind on her son Paul, and it's just she knows that he's taking the test now to ride. The worm to become a fremen man for realsies. So, so during this time, she keeps on vacillating. So she's thinking about other things. She's thinking about her home and this new uh, siege that they've set up, and um, just the adjustments she, they've had to make. And then she thinks about the Harkonnens and the attacks that they've gone through. And then she also goes off to thinking about this baby being born uh, with one of the people, one of the women in the siege that she knows that uh, there she's going to have her baby any minute. So, and then. But she keeps on coming back to Paul. And uh, then someone gives her a cup of uh, spiced coffee. And so she starts drinking that. Mm, I can get high as I want now, now that my baby's out of me. My baby's out of me. And it's weird because then she has a thought like, you know, I don't even have to worry here that somebody would just poison my my coffee. I can just drink this. I don't have to worry. (laughs) I'm the new Reverend Mother. I'm like the (laughs) best. (laughs) Uh, I'm the then, greatest Reverend uh, Mother that ever was. My hands are the greatest. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, so then Hara and Aaliyah show up. Aaliyah was apparently uh, supposed to be there at the party for this uh, child's birth. And uh, Hara comes in with Aaliyah, and Hara's very upset. Now, Hara, if you recall from, I think, a chapter or two ago, was, uh, or actually two cha- or three chapters ago, was Jameis's Woman. wife. Yeah, when... When Paul killed Jameis, he took on Hara and her two sons as, like, a servant. Yay! So not his wife. She's like, I'm still young! She doesn't sound this young in this chapter. She, They kind of said that she looks a little bit like a witch. I, so, I, I mean, like, it doesn't take long to look like shattered mapes on Arrakis. I guess. Like, the desert just wrecks you. Just wrecks Like, Chani, Chani in, like, three more years will well, look like like a 50-year-old woman. Well, well think about it. <laughs> uh, uh, in episode three of Star Wars, you had Uncle Ben and Baru, who were, like, fine, young-looking people. You know, Uwe McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not that old-looking. In, like, ten years, they've aged, like, 60 years. Just the look at him between episode three and episode four. The desert does bad the desert things to is you. Harsh. It's, it, it just dries you right up. You just turn to an old person or immediately. Raisin. Yeah, <laughs> California raisin. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so so Hara is uh, upset with Aaliyah because apparently when the baby was being born, she went into the delivery room and the baby was crying. And I guess 
the Fremen say when the baby's born, he's supposed to cry. He gets all gets all his tears out because after that, there's no more crying. <laughs> after that, you can be not give any more water to the world. Oh my God, I wish that was true. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, you should raise all your children as Fremen. No crying. I know. Fremen don't do you that. You don't get any water after. You don't get any water after this. So. <laughs> Fucking stop your crying. Aaliyah uh, was interested in the baby, and she goes in, and she sees the baby's crying, so she touches the baby, and the baby stops crying immediately, and she has some kind of connection with the baby. Oh, uh, I just want to back up real quick, too. It was a weird thing um, I, about the spice coffee. We, we talked about her like saying, I don't have to worry about being poisoned here. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, she also mentions this really weird thing. I... I thought it was interesting. She goes, um, let me just find the part here. She's talking about getting the spiced coffee. And she said, um, she drained the cup, feeling the energy lift its contents hot and delicious. And she wondered in what other size she could have natural, uh, could have such a natural regard for privacy and comfort that the giver would intrude only enough to deposit the gift and not inflict with the donor. Respect, love, that sent the gift with a slight tinge of fear. So they're a little bit scared of her. But then this is another uh, element of the incident forced itself into awareness. She had, remember, she had thought about coffee just before this. So she had thought of coffee and it had appeared. There was nothing of telepathy here she knew. It was the Tao, the oneness of the Siege community, the compensation from a subtle poison of the spice diet they they shared. The great mass of people could never hope to attain enlightenment the spice uh, seed, the spice seed, brought her, and uh, they had not been trained and prepared for it. Their minds rejected what they could not understand or encompass. Still, they felt, uh, they still they felt the reacted sometimes like a single organism. And she had thought of consciousness. That she uh, she thought of conscious never entered their minds. So. Has an interesting thought there. Just a moment, if I could just before we get into Jessica, uh, Aaliyah, and what she did with the baby. Um, the spice, even though an average Fremen isn't a quiz of Hatterack, or Aaliyah for that matter, um, they are privy sometimes to like really crazy uh, mind altering experiences. And they just try not to think about it because it's just too much for their brains to take. Mm-hmm. And so she says, like, I thought I wanted about, I thought of wanting coffee, spiced coffee, and it was given to me. So the spice somehow interweaves them mentally somehow. Uh, it's nanites. It's, it's a, yeah, They're exactly. Borg nanites. She just she's the queen because she's the Quizad Hatter. I mean, she's, not, she's a Reverend Mother. She's Reverend Mother. And so I don't she know. Just I like, thought it was an interesting thought. I never I, I never picked up on that before, and I was like, wow, that's really crazy. That is kind of crazy. But the <sighs> thing is, you know, uh, we don't know all the facts of what happened with the previous Reverend Mother, and she like, you know, basically assimilated, took over like all the thoughts and the life of the previous Reverend Mother and the previous one. Right. Almost like almost like a trill, like. She just like took over the life, so maybe there's some latent skill or whatever in the previous Reverend, Reverend Mother that kind of was like more in tune with right. the the spice telepathy. Not, even though it wasn't telepathy, but the spice like oneness that uh, it, it, 
and remember, she said it's not telepathy, but somehow they sense things with each other now. So, um, well, I mean, because the hand just remember if, if the coffee was brought in, it was just like it was just like literally deposited in the table right in front of her. Like they didn't even enter the room; they just kind of like a hand just went through like the little like parting, what the blankets or whatever they not blankets, but the carpets they have dividing their yeah. little section where they stay. Like but, it's just a hand slipped through. There's coffee, and then just left. But also, you've got the uh, the spice orgy, which ended book two. Going into book three, where everyone was like in everyone else's thoughts. True. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, true. I mean, he's saying it's not telepathy, but it's kind of telepathy because I don't think he differentiated saying that was telepathy and this isn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I mean, it's just it's just weird spice oneness. Very, yeah, it's very, just, it's very a weird borgish. Thing. Very, it's like somehow it interweaves their consciousness together. Because um, the Borg anyways, weren't telepathic either in, in, in Star Trek. I mean, they, well, that's technology. Doing that's, it that's technology, them. but but everything in Dune is replaced with drugs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very, very much so. Um, so yeah, so let's get back to Hara and Aaliyah. So, like you said, Aaliyah went to go see the baby. Uh, the child, uh, was, uh, so anyways, Aaliyah has been a problem with the, the people of the tribe in the siege. Basically, uh, the child, it says here, a little more than a toddler carried herself with a calmness and awareness beyond her years. Adults were shocked to find her laughing at the subtle play of words between the sexes or that they, uh, or that they catch themselves listening to her half list voice still blurred as it uh, was by uh, an, an uninformed soft palate and discovered in her words a sly remarks that only could be based on experience no two-year-old could ever encounter. So the whole tribe, like there was, there's an a account earlier that uh, some ladies came and said that she was a witch or something like that. Like the, Burn that, the witches! The, it's like we can't, you, you can't have a witch... Uh, set before you, or, 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 or uh, within your mess, or something like that. And More she's that like, "Orange she's Catholic Bible quoting." Yeah, the orange is new black Bible. Yeah. So, um, so Jessica's always there to kind of like take obviously Aaliyah's side because she knows, and we get a really clear understanding of wh- what happened with Aaliyah now, uh, even though she's like, like we said, about two years old, but she talks like an adult. Anyway, so. Hara's upset that she came in, she touched the baby, and the baby stopped um, uh, st- stopped uh, crying. And Hara, actually, uh, Aaliyah makes a word, uh, uses a reference to Hara, saying uh, she's a, a, gan- a ganman, which is a, it's a subtle, uh, subtle subtleties of the Fremen tongue. The word meant something acquired in battle with the undertone of something no longer used for its original purpose, an ornament, a spearhead used as a curtain weight. So basically, <laughs> that's what he called her. So she's, Cause she's like, Because oh, she knows Paul yeah. doesn't want a boner. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's, a, she's a spoil of, of Paul's uh, conquest, and he doesn't have any use for her. You know, so... <laughs> Wow. And how Hara <laughs> sculpts, don't try to insult me, child. I know my place. Um, man, I, I mean, uh, like, a, 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 do not want to get roasted by a two-year-old. Oh, it, it must be. I mean, think about it. Think of, uh, think of 
any matriarch of your family, like, you know, like a grandmother or anybody who's just like a sharp wit or, or just the wisdom and then roll about, you know, whatever, a hundred of those into her consciousness <laughs> and then make her Maybe two thousands. and then like and then make her two. the ultimate burning yeah. machine. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so with the baby, uh, he said, basically he was saying, you know, um, uh, since she didn't hurt the baby, uh, it was trying to settle him down. But, um, yeah, so basically he just, she just uh, like freaked out the parents that the baby would just stop crying like that. So anyways, uh, and she said something else that the, that the boy looks just like the son of, uh, Mithar born uh, before the parting. And, and like Jessica's like, Aaliyah, He's like, I warned you about talking about stuff. So Aaliyah's talking about things that she shouldn't even know. But yeah. she's dialing in the consciousness. So Hara starts going into his like, look, I'm going to level with you. Like, I I cared for Aaliyah, you know, as, as a baby baby. And, you know, I cared for her and was there for her. And I know all about her. But th- the tribe doesn't understand her. And she's doing all this stuff, and it's really freaking people out. And I'm just telling you, this is a, is a warning, you know. And then what Jessica st- explains is that uh, when she, obviously we know the story that she drank the life of water, and all the memories of the Bene Gesserit went uh, not just to her, but into the womb of Aaliyah, and Aaliyah had was tangled with all these consciousness of all these other reverend mothers from all the years past, all these past generations, she's a baby. She has no way to understand any of that. And she had to like find her own consciousness through all of that. That's a lot and of work for a two year old. A, a, a newborn, like literally, yeah. un, I mean, unborn child. She had to come up, she had to figure that out. And she said, the only thing that I could feel was, yeah, because I didn't understand language at that point. I didn't know uh, like who my mother was, but I knew she was there and she was loving me and she was there for me. And that's all I knew. So, um, it's um, it's it's a staggering thought of creation for a child. Yeah, you know, it's that, it's pretty cracked out. Like Frank Herbert had some really crazy ideas. Yeah, this is this is probably. I mean, there's a lot of crazy ideas in this book alone, but for Aaliyah, that character alone, that is uh, insane story. Probably that's the craziest. A, it, thing. That's an insane, insane or origin story. Yeah, it's probably the insanest thing in this book. Probably. Would yeah, you, would, I mean, would you say it, so? It's up there, man. It's it's like it's a crazy like when you're talking about origin stories, like. And the way she describes it too is is literally just it's a, almost a little late. And I think she even starts crying about it because she's like, it was traumatic. Yeah. Jessica says it was a cruel thing. Jessica said, uh, no being should wake into consciousness like this. The wonder uh, the wonder of it is that you could accept all that happened to you. And Aaliyah says, I couldn't do anything else. I didn't uh, know how to reject or hide my consciousness or shut it off. Or everything just happened. Everything. Uh, thanks, Mom. Hara, yeah, thanks, Mom. And Hara said, I, we didn't know. 
uh, we uh, gave your mother the water uh, to change. We didn't know you existed within her. Uh, and then she goes, don't be sad about it, Hara, Leah said. I shouldn't feel sorry for myself. After all, there's cause for happiness here. I'm a reverend mother. Uh, the tribe has two reverend. And then she broke off because she started listening. And something else is going on with the with the tribe. So she's already saying she's also another reverend mother, even though she's two years old. Two for one. Um, so uh, during this, uh, during this, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Thar Tharthar, one of Stilgar's wives, comes and she uh, wants to talk to Jessica about Paul's test. She seems pretty upset. Uh, so basically, she says, should Paul past the test of riding the worm the men in the siege will want Paul to challenge Stilgar for leadership and kill Stilgar if he doesn't uh, then they'll just like say ah he's a big big uh, idiot so Elias uh, suggests that maybe that she goes with uh, 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 Tharthar uh, and talks to the men and see if there's another way to work around this so they're kind of use Aaliyah as like Maybe a mole because she's smaller. So Hara goes. Uh, Jessica and Hara agree that uh, Still Stilgar shouldn't die. They don't want him to die. So the women are kind of conspiring that this rule is kind of stupid. We shouldn't do this. You shouldn't kill the the leader just because uh, uh, they want somebody else to do it. You know. We gotta get a so, better idea than this. Yeah, <laughs> different transition of power. So uh, so Hara is. Um, also, they talk real quickly about. Uh, it's funny because they start talking about uh, Hara is talking about the jealousy of not being Paul's, you know, woman, and she's like, you know, Chani's probably okay with Paul because I know Chani's not who you would have picked, Jessica. And Jessica's like, what? I I, I like Chani. She's great. And no, she's I like, don't. Yeah. But is she royalty? Uh-huh. If she's Paul's going to marry a nobility, you know. And and he says, "What's crazy is Chinese loves Paul that much that she just might go through with that." And then she says, "Somebody should should clean your carpets." And then she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So she's got this thing, like, but but I mean, like, does does being a Benny Gesserit make you royalty? I don't. I don't well, think so. Important person, you're important important person in the but tribe. She's, for but sure. she's but she's not royalty. Like like the like the Duke marrying, like he didn't marry her. Yeah. Because he, he he specifically didn't marry her because she wasn't royalty, right? Or to, to keep she would have been lifted. She would have been lifted into royalty, but she never was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know why she's all stuck up and like, well, Chinese not royalty. <laughs> Shouldn't he? She be proud of her son for kind of like doing. Well, it's his- weird because she had these like commiserating moments with uh, Hara and even thinking about Chani, thinking like. She keeps on going back to the thing like, never a wife, just a concubine kind of thing. So that's always that's always on her mind. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It just it just seems weird that you know, like I mean, yeah, they, she wasn't married, but I mean, it kind of protected her. Yeah, um, because if they were married, like she would have probably been a harder target. You know what I I'm mean? Sure. Uh, because I mean, um, if they was discovered she was pregnant, she would have an heir. You know, you know, it, it, you know. It, it, I think it makes things a lot. It was kind of to protect her to not, by not marrying her. Um, so I don't know. In just, some ways. It, 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 but it, like, just, it, it, it Lito just said right out at some point that he, he did marry her 
to keep himself open to other suitors. Yeah, but that was also like a, you know, that was also strategy. To, to, That's to, total strategy. Yeah. Political strategy. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the two chapters. Um, what do you think about these two? Any thoughts, insights, feelings about them? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of cool getting to see uh, him get ready for the uh, the worm writing. Still, guys, like, this is my best thumper. I've never had a better thumper. <laughs> Take care of this thumper. <laughs> the worm is your thumper. You fucking no! idiot. <laughs> More dib. <laughs> you ruined my thumper. No, but like uh, the second chapter is way more interesting with like how Aaliyah's all like cracked out and knows all the stuff she shouldn't know, being a two year old, being a Benny Jesuit. And, you know, like I said, like, uh, uh, kind of continuing on what I was just saying about uh, Chani, it just seems so weird that um, uh, Jessica seems so like annoyed with her, even though she's not royalty. I'm just like, you weren't royalty either, lady. I don't know. Like, or maybe she's just worried. I guess she doesn't want Chani to end up like her. But I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think it's coming out of any place of preservation for Chani. I think she just doesn't like her. I. She says she mentioned more than once that she loves Chani, that she she cares for her, but she. It seems like she was slow to warm to her, kind of thing. Like, uh, probably wouldn't have been her first pick for Paul, and, um, but. On the flip side, she knows that um, if Paul's going to be a duke someday again, he's going to have to marry somebody. So it's probably not a good idea to uh, marry Chani and just, you know, she's kind of in the way kind of things. <laughs> I, I guess. For I him she's... to make a, another ascension into some other house, which... We'll see. Obviously, we know exactly what's going to happen in the future. So, um, but anyways, um, actually, the book ends on a line talking about this very subject. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of kind of weird um, that she. I mean, I know she says she loves her, but but like all her thoughts seem kind of negative toward her, though. I don't know. It's it's definitely like. Yeah, it's definitely like oh, it's not. She's not good enough for my son, kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's it's. It, I don't know. Like, and and then this is probably why that you know Paul's saying that my mother's the enemy because she's going to be like trying to get in the way between me and Johnny. Who's mm, going right. to bore my son? Who will be the real Duke? Yeah. Right. Exactly. The super um, Duke. The wormy Duke. Super Dukey. Super Dukey Troopers. <laughs> How about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, the beginning of the chapter 40, Paul, like, slipping in and out of time in his spice dream. It seems like a bit of, like, a fever dream. He's all over the place. Uh, pretty tripped out. Tripped out writing. Stream of consciousness for Paul. Uh, interesting, though. Um, obviously, jumping on the worm and getting ready for that, that's uh, anticipation. I, I, I thought we'd see more of that in this chapter. I couldn't remember how that worked out. So obviously we don't get to actually see Paul get on the worm yet. So, um, and then, yeah, like we were talking about Jessica and, you know, the idea of spice and combining people's men, uh, mentalities or a stream of consciousness all together as one organism is interesting. Also, you know, Aaliyah's a deeper dive into Aaliyah's backstory which we knew already, but like her perspective of it was interesting. Uh, and like we said, really freaked out, cracked out. And then, um, 
you know, it's a sort of like, you know, then they the women, I like the women like co-conspiring, like we can't let Paul and Stilgar kill each other or try to kill each other. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that actually works out really interestingly. Yeah, and then I, so and, and around the time where that works out really interestingly, uh, Jessica's having more a- a bad thoughts about Chani. She's like, "All she's good for is bringing him coffee." Bring <laughs> him coffee, Chani. Jessica, mm-hmm. you're kind of being a bitch. Yeah, I know. It's like, what is she supposed to do? Be um, mother of his children. Be mother of his little duplets. Actually, Chani does a lot for Paul, and he just, you know. She's his personal assassin. Anyone who crossed me, I cross you harder. I kill them. I kill them until they die. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, these are interesting kind of like developments. Um, uh, how how the tribe works, but also how all the characters are kind of like working with it. You know, like and the funny like the the insults and barbs that go between Aaliyah and Hara are kind oh, those of funny. Are great. And, those are great. Yeah. I don't think these came across at all. I don't. I don't even think they did this scene in David Lynch's movie. I really hope this is going to be. Oh the no, they. I don't think even Hara shows up. I know the kids showed up. Yeah, in there, Aaliyah shows up. I'd... Yeah, Aaliyah shows up at the very end. Yeah, God, I really, I really hope that they have like all this stuff in in, in the new movie. I mean, since it's going to be split into two movies, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, if the rumor I heard is correct, and they're going to do book one and book two as the first movie then just book three is the third as the second movie i mean that's like a lot of stuff they're gonna have to cover in the second i mean i mean yeah yeah, it's a lot of stuff to cover in the first half and then not a lot to cover the second half right right you know so um yes but it's uh it's cool and i'm uh i'm excited uh that we're i i just don't remember how how this uh it got this book wraps up so quickly i mean we are rapidly getting to the end of this so um but yeah so um yeah so next uh chapter we'll get into paul and his thing with stilgar and uh then after that paul's gonna meet up with an old friend uh 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 Thufer? shattered mapes mm-hmm. no it can't be shattered mapes <laughs> um uh his dad Hey guys, it's Chet Mapes. Chet Mapes, man. <laughs> I, I was just kidding Jet about dying. <laughs> I was just kidding about dying. Uh, what about Dr. Yui? Is Dr. Yui coming back? No? But, uh, yeah. Dr. So Yui week, needs but... to come give uh, Paul some more sedatives. He's been having too many crack dreams. You've been having crack dreams, Paul? Let me give you a sedative and give you a nice massage. We haven't heard about any sedatives since, like, the first book. (laughs) No, it's all spice. It's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a long time since we've had anyone sedated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alright, guys. Well, if you have different uh, ideas, thoughts, or observations about these chapters, uh, please hit us up. Email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can also comment on our episodes at uh, our Facebook group page, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. We'd love to hear from you there. Or you can tweet at us as well at Synthaholics Duel is our, ch- um, is our Twitter handle. Uh, and if this show is something you want to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics. That's a nice way to support the show. All right, Dave, until next week, more Dune.
Oh, dude. Let's get some spice ice cream and some spice lattes and all the spice. Need to upgrade the coffee to lattes. All right. Well, until next week, guys, let the spice flow. All over everything, baby. million miles aside of Mars. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll bullshit our pants. You're the best drinking friend.